Good morning. This is the December 20th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we're on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is John, and on today's episode, we're talking about who got the band back together on this day in 1999. As 99 is coming to a close, WCW is a mess, especially as it pertains to the World Heavyweight Championship. You had Sting using nefarious means at Fall Brawl to take the title from Hogan, and the fans barely acknowledged the heel turn. You had the completely disorganized mess that was Halloween Havoc that saw Hogan refuse to do business against Sting, and by the end of the night, Goldberg seemed to win the world title in a match where the world title wasn't supposed to be on the line. Then Sting was stripped of the title for taking out some frustration on Lil Nate for handing the title to Goldberg. Then things looked like maybe they were getting back on track. Bret Hart beats Chris Benoit in the finals of a world title tournament in front of a Toronto crowd that is in their glory watching the two Canadian stars do battle. This was the culmination of a 32-man single elimination tournament where Bret Hart beat Goldberg in the opening round. I know, in what world is Bret Hart versus Goldberg an opening round matchup, right? Apparently the world that exists inside Vince Russo's mind. What a scary place that must be. That opening round match saw the Outsiders and Sid Vicious put a beating on Goldberg while both Bret Hart and the referee were incapacitated and had no idea what was going on. So Bret Hart, the quintessential good guy, decided to do the right thing and give Goldberg a shot at the WCW World Heavyweight Championship at Starcade 99. And as Ryan detailed for you yesterday, the ending to that match was utterly befuddling. The next night, December 20th, 1999, Nitro was live from the famed Baltimore Arena, a building that has seen some incredible moments in the history of professional wrestling. If you want a well-detailed yet concise rundown of those events, check out Ryan's I Was There article on MinutesToBellTime.com. The evening started with confusion, a hallmark for the Russo era of WCW. No one knew what to make of the goings-on the night before and WCW didn't bother to open the show with any kind of explanation either. About a half hour into the show, however, Kevin Nash took to the ring in jeans and a ball cap to cut a promo where he said that Goldberg got railroaded and Bret Hart broke the unwritten rule of the locker room by screwing over one of the boys. Nash was accusing Bret of being in cahoots with quote-unquote the office for his own benefit. At the top of the next hour, Roddy Piper came to the ring. In classic Piper style, he was heated right out of the gate and all over the place. He admitted to selling out to the backstage powers and apologized to Bill Goldberg for doing their bidding. He mentioned Vince Russo by name as the quote-unquote writer, referring to himself as a real fighter, and expressed his exasperation over the dog and pony show that WCW had become. In the end, he announced that he couldn't be part of this made-up crap that was being fed to the fans at home, and he quit. Goldberg met Piper and his son in the aisle on their way backstage. They exchanged some words, but didn't manage to say much yet when they were cut off by Bret Hart. Bret told Goldberg that he shouldn't really have heat with Piper or himself. It was the office, and nobody knows better than Bret what it's like to get screwed over by the office. So Bret headed back there to officially vacate the title that he didn't want to walk around with knowing he didn't win it properly. And that's exactly what he did, punctuating his feelings by telling Russo to take the belt and shove it up his ass. But Russo was only trying to make things right. He was trying to help Bret out because he knew Bret held him partially responsible for the Survivor Series two years ago. 
Christ on a pony. Can we have a Bret Hart storyline without mentioning Survivor Series? No. No, we can't. Moving along. Next, we see Roddy Piper losing his mind and dismantling the fake office set of the quote-unquote powers that be with a baseball bat and an incoherent stream of consciousness about all his friends in the history of the business who weren't phonies. Piper is off his friggin' rocker, but he's Roddy Piper, so it's the most on-brand moment of the night so far. The main event was set to finally make things right around the World Heavyweight Championship. Brett and Goldberg would do it again, this time without interference from Piper, who had said his goodbyes to the locker room and headed home for the holidays, or so we thought, and without input from the powers that be, as the faceless voice that ran the show said his goodbyes to Jeff Jarrett and pulled away in a limo just before the main event introductions. But this was Russo's WCW. You couldn't have a title match without swerves on top of swerves on top of screwjobs. So when Goldberg inadvertently knocked the ref out less than five minutes into this match with Brett, the whole building started looking up the aisle to see who was coming down to keep this one from ending in clean fashion. And things got weird almost immediately. Brett hit Goldberg with a low blow kick, which was barely acknowledged by lead announcer Tony Schiavone. Then Brett crossed Goldberg's leg and sunk in a figure four. But not a sharpshooter? Nope, not a sharpshooter. Down the aisle come the outsiders, with baseball bats in hand. Nash had some harsh words for Brett earlier in the show about messing with the unwritten rules of the boys in the locker room, and he was set to be judge, jury, and executioner of this edition of WrestleCourt. Brett was a sitting duck, his legs tangled with Goldberg's. All he could do was hold his hands in front of his face in anticipation of the beating he was seemingly set to take. But Hall delivered the first blow to Goldberg. Well, there's no love lost there, so maybe the plan was just to beat the hell out of both of them. Then Nash clobbers Goldberg too, and hands his bat to Bret Hart. The hitman follows with a clubbing blow to Goldberg's abdomen. What the hell is going on here? It was a well-planned swerve, but in keeping with the mess that WCW had become, it was executed with Neolithic incompetence, if I may borrow a phrase from Maxwell Dent. Roddy Piper, who apparently still hadn't left the building after his many goodbyes, raced to the ring and attacked Bret Hart, who was on his knees struggling to roll Goldberg's dead weight over for a pin. One shot to the back from Nash, however, and Piper collapsed, kayfabe unconscious, across Goldberg's chest. Just then, referee Billy Silverman woke up in time to make the three count and call for the bell. The problem, if you're a discerning wrestling fan, is that Bret Hart wasn't actually touching Goldberg at this point. It was Piper out cold across Goldberg's body. But as I find myself noticing every time I cover a WCW topic from this era, there's a pregnant pause of confusion for just a moment, then everyone seems to telepathically decide, screw it, let's just roll with it. Jeff Jarrett slides in with a duffel bag. As Piper tries to stand up, Double J destroys a perfectly good guitar over his head, and Piper face plants next to Goldberg. Jarrett produces rattle cans from his duffel, and Piper and Goldberg are tagged with the letters NWO in silver spray paint. Tony Schiavone, never one for over-embellishment, declares it's the biggest swerve ever! Kevin Nash grabs a mic and exclaims, Baltimore, Maryland, the band is back together, as the familiar NWO music begins to play. And it all happened on this day in wrestling history, December 20th, 1999, at another memorable event in the Baltimore arena. 
Well, that's our show for today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about Bret Hart and Goldberg or the last run of the NWO and WCW, I encourage you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling news show or just search for Daily Wrestling News Show. Either way, click join and we'll let you in to talk about NWO 2000 or any historical wrestling topic. And if we don't see you there, we'll see you right back here for another episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show.